Hi, I'm Steven. And I'm Sneha. And you're listening to Spilling, Spilling the, the Tea, Tea with CCE. CCE. This podcast features fellows at Hofstra University's Center for Civic Engagement as they talk about a wide range of topics from current events to social movements, as well as issues that affect our daily lives. From healthcare to mental health, nothing is off the table. This podcast was created in spring 2020 to continue the conversations we had on campus in a virtual way, and we're so happy to have you here, spilling the tea with us. Even though Hofstra CCE is now back to running in-person programming, we had such a positive experience with this podcast that is now a permanent part of CCE operations. Now, let's spill the tea. Hi, welcome to Spilling the Tea with CCE. I'm Emma. This is Z. And today we're going to be talking about the presence of guns in America, the United States, and the effect that it's had on us personally, on our generation, and the country overall. I think we kind of want to start with a distinction between mass shootings and school shootings, mm-hmm. if you want to go into that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they had mass shootings everywhere in the world, don't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in Europe, they had a lot of them. And... I mean, at that point, they would just call them, like, terrorist attacks. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, a school shooting, that's, like, Mm America-specific. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't really happen anywhere else in the world. So I think it's a huge distinction in terms of what makes America have a gun crisis versus other countries. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of family in England, and they're just, like, appalled at it sometimes because they've obviously have have shootings and events of like mass terror and stuff like that but but like school shootings is something so foreign to them so it just like speaks to yeah why it's a problem only here it hits yeah and especially for for a country that claims to be you know like the keeper of peace Mm -hmm. the The promised land and and we have a lot of internal problems like a lot yeah you know and this is our this is based around like our second amendment you know what i mean so that yeah that kind of <laughs> it's not really something that we we really well, obviously we're always talking about it but like nothing ever changes you know yeah. nothing ever gets done so yeah. i can't really say we ever like do anything about it we always just kind of seems like we're always just talking about it yeah and you know? i think like the social movements are there after things occur we have events of protest and civil demonstration but it seems like the ways that we're going about it aren't aren't getting things done which sucks to say because we want to have the idea that the people of this country have the power to affect change and we have a say in what happens but evidently, like, seeing how things are, we, we don't really have much of a say. You know what somebody told me the other day? I was in class, and they said, you know what's funny? We don't even have, like, we still have taxation. We still have taxation without representation. representation. We didn't even change, we didn't even solve our, the problem that we had with the Boston Tea Party, right? which is what led to the the deforming of this country right and you know what i mean in the first place there's I still always, 14 year olds oh yeah i always thought that was because i started working when i was 14 I had a job years at 15 old. years old and i was and i was like <laughs> I, I remember i got my first paycheck and i was like wait minus, this is not what i should minus 80 medical minus i was yeah. like yeah i looked at my pay stub and i was like oh like this is bogus yeah and and then i worked for three years of my life four years of my life Death and taxes man. paying taxes no representation and my tax return was like nothing too like i would get like work the entire year i've had get, a like, lot 10, of jobs actually when yeah. i actually think about it okay. i came here at 17 so by the time i came here i worked in the gym mm-hmm. for like three years but before i came to Hofstra, i literally worked for a hospital a doctor's office mm-hmm. 
Publix. Mm-hmm. I was a basketball referee and a coach. So technically, it's like five different jobs before yeah. I'm in, and then this the job at the gym, seventeen. So yeah. it's like six jobs I got taxed. Right, I couldn't was, vote until three years ago. Right, the last was, election. Yeah, like I couldn't vote. Like this past midterm election was the first time I ever voted. I was working before Trump was in office. Right, like it's insane. And and I worked at a cake studio. I worked at Starbucks. I worked at American Eagle. Like I had all these these jobs, and I was like. I was doing, like, a lot of work Intensive at Starbucks. Stuff. They would make me, like, get under the counters and scrub because I was, yeah. like, the only one that could fit under there. And I was, like, and I'm and I'm getting taxed for this? Well, you know, we act, like, as a country that we are, like, so much more involved in these, like, other... I don't yeah. want to use the word first word and third word, but that's what, like, society... No, absolutely. Did, like... I mean, like, Latin America is painted to be underdeveloped when it's just overexploited by the us. The same stuff happens And here. the same stuff happens. It has such a, like, negative reputation for being dangerous there, but Child it's, like... Child slavery happens here still. Still you know a problem mean? here. But, yeah, getting back to, obviously, the problems in our I'm not our trying to compare country. our jobs at Starbucks and at the doctor's oh, office to child slavery. For sure, but... but, <laughs> you but, but the premise, the premise <laughs> is there, though. For sure, the premise is there. Problems are rooted at the stem, and then they... and the stem is is the fact that we had, you know, old men in the seventeen seventies making decisions about our country that we still stick to to this day, even though we're two hundred, three hundred years away from that, and things are very different now. Like starting going into the Second Amendment, like the Second Amendment was created when it took a lot longer to reload and Bayonets. fire a gun. Bayonets, which are basically like swords that you could just like put some gunpowder in and, and shoot like two, one or two rounds. And yeah, and so it's like we have, we're still abiding by this this law, but now we got guns are and ARs. Yep, and it's it's so much more instant. It's so much easier. It's so much more efficient. So it's like, why are we still listening to this? But yeah, do you think I mean, that we live in a world where there's nuclear weapons? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, weaponry has evolved. And like George so... Washington would never have even imagined that. He had no idea about any of that. So like, how could he make a decision based on that? And why are we still following that? It just is so backwards. But do you think that gun regulation violates? the second amendment at all my thing personally is i don't really think that laws and this might sound very messy just go with me for a second take <laughs> take the devil's advocate road for a second right now when does something become a law right when does something become a law when something bad happens and they say okay this can't happen again so let's make a law you can't murder somebody you can't steal and mm-hmm. then it gets obviously that's you know what's known to be known throughout society but people still do it yeah but um you go into nuances right so it's like okay let's talk about guns blah blah you have the right to bear arms mm-hmm. now at this back then arms meant you could have a bayonet or mm-hmm. i guess they had the little revolvers right now arms means from revolvers to nuclear weapons there's a that's a huge range nowadays yeah right? you have pocket t- there's people that have phones that literally are taser Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's bearing insane. arms is it's evolved it's, from what it used to be. Yeah. So when you say, do I think it can violate? When you ask me, um, can it? Do I think it can violate the Second Amendment? I think that not having reformed the Second Amendment to have more detailed nuances of what bearing arms means mm-hmm. is a violation of just the whole idea of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution mm-hmm. in the first place. Like in, you know, something crazy kind of off topic but in in the constitution when we were learning about u.s history we got to civil war my teacher said that the south right the Mm -hmm. confederacy legally did what they did 
by seceding and starting the war. Because in the Constitution, it says if you don't, pretty much if you don't like what's happening, you have the right to secede and leave. So they seced and left and formed their own country. That's what happened. That they did what they wanted to do. That's what happened. Yep. We can go into the prison system now, but that's based off of an amendment that came after slavery was was abolished. Mm -hmm. Right? So... In terms of violating, I, I think we should have violated the Second Amendment a long time ago. Absolutely. To answer your question. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. I guess that is a, a better point to the question. If it is violating the Second Amendment, is that justified? Is that smart? Is that reasonable? Considering, and I think, yeah, Absolutely, definitely. Because what we've been doing has been completely unreasonable. We have little kids dying. You yeah. Know what I mean, uh, you know, it's something crazy. I'm, I'm a grown man, 21 years old, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in, I, I still feel like a little kid. I, I'm in class. The teacher has the door open. And he says something about it. He's like, oh, I like to leave the door open. You know, teachers walk by, wave. Like, he's, a, he's an eccentric, happy-go-lucky guy, right? Mm-hmm. And what I was thinking to myself was, it'd be real easy for somebody to just, like, walk up in here with a gun. Right? I don't even, I don't even know why. I'm, I'm, I'm in circuit analysis class. But why it, it so crosses your mind, about, But it crossed my mind. Absolutely. It, cro- it has crossed my mind every day since... Honestly, probably the Douglas shooting. Yeah. And that that because that that him really home, really close to home for me. Absolutely. My cousin there and uh, and you know just the whole and it impacted my entire county. You Absolutely. Know, I would say my entire state, and um, it's just yeah, it's really sad that people didn't really take that, take all the opportunities that we've had since Columbine in the nineties. Yeah, I know. Right? And and Sandy Hook, like I remember oh when God. Sandy Hook happened, and I was so little because we're the age that was now. A huge well, and I, I I read somewhere recently. I think I saw it um, on like TikTok or Instagram. One of the students in the Michigan State shooting recently was also a victim of oh the Sandy God. Hook shooting. And I was like, this cannot keep happening. Like that is ridiculous. It's like an exponential curve, right? Because it's not like this is a gradual thing that's been happening. It's like there mm-hmm. were no school shootings, no school shootings, and then all of a sudden school shooting, and then school shooting, school shooting. School exactly. Shooting. You know it's what like I mean? yeah. My dad went to school here in, in the States for like two years after he moved from a different country mm-hmm. where that is now riddled with gun violence. You know, Trinidad and Tobago is, has a bunch of corruption and crime. Yeah, just because it's it's happening in schools, which is a place that's supposed to be like safe. a safe environment for children where to learn and develop gonna, themselves. Yeah. And now we can't even go can't to school without, our without what worrying is a country? about that. What is a country? How are we going to say we're the greatest country in the world and we can't protect our future we can't yeah. take the future of how this are country. we supposed to advance when we can't protect those who are advancing and i think it. my the issue that i have just with people i guess is that it's the same people that will say we're the greatest country that can't of course i want the country i live in to be the of greatest. course yeah I'm, I'm a little bit more involved in that i think in that in the sense i'm a world citizen and i think as a human race we should, we should be better you know what i mean instead of just instead like of isolating dividing ourselves the same people that say that <laughs> nonsense that that rubbishness they're the same people that can't even acknowledge that they are the problem. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not telling you you can't have what you need to feel safe. But mm-hmm. it's like, if you say, oh, we need... The same people that would be like, oh, you're an anarchist. You are you should be in jail for saying defund the police. Yeah. I'm not saying I said that. You know no, what I mean? No, but yeah. But, but the but people that would say that going against... Yeah, there's people that are so like defensive of systems of our country, but can't acknowledge the ones that are actually problematic. My brother always concealed carry. He's always has a gun on him. My dad too. My dad yeah, always got his piece on. Yeah, it's crazy. And and I'm from Central Pennsylvania, 
very much more conservative. I live close to the capital city, but I live in a very like farm oriented mm-hmm. region. So it makes sense. He was visiting here recently. He's never been to New York. He's never been to New York City. And he was like, Emma, you need a gun. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> that's not how New York works. Second of all, I just was like, I don't, I don't like really want one. Like, I feel like it's a very personal choice to have one. It's like a thing about personal safety, how, what makes what you makes feel you the feel most safe. safe. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I don't necessarily want to like say that you can't have one, but it's like, why? But you don't want one. Yeah, I don't want one. I don't, yeah. I don't know why he kept, he kept bringing it up. And it's also, it just shows how different that, it is. Well, that also shows how much he loves you too. If that, that's something that makes him feel really, really safe. He wants you to feel really safe yeah, too. Yeah, he so does. He, would just he think does. It, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's also just, just interesting how there's so many people in my hometown that just have a gun on them or in their glove box or, you know, just like they're always protected. But here it's like so much stricter just where, where we are on Long Island or even close to yeah. New York City. The laws are very different. I mean, like my brother told me like, you should get a taser. And I was like, I don't even know if I can have a taser. Um, I have pepper spray, but that's like largely all I have. We live in Hempstead, which is notoriously a very unsafe place. I walk to the deli literally, when I say down the block, I mean, I walk one block. I walk down my house, which is five, the fifth house on the street, mm-hmm. walk down that block, turn it, walk to the end of the block, mm-hmm. right? And the deli I go to every morning is right there. Somebody got stabbed on that block I'm talking oh about. Oh my goodness. One night. And like, like, not that long ago. Like, it's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. It's insane. And I, that's why I always, like, Vion walked, my housemate walked back from um, class yesterday in the evening time. It was like 6 p.m. And I was like... It can happen at any time of the day, I was day like, too. don't even... That's something that actually, I think, freaks me out the it's most. Is that it's not even just at night that something could happen like that. You yeah, know I mean? ex- which is, brings up the issue of, like, why why do people feel the need to, to carry guns? Because well, of the rates of crime a, and, and how... Now I want to bring up the statistic I have. Okay. One of these statistics I got. Did you know that in tw- this year so far, what's today? Tomorrow's March 1st of 2023? Yep. Right. So we completed we completed two months on February fourteenth, mm-hmm. right? About two weeks ago, which was the fifth anniversary. I shouldn't say anniversary because that feels like a celebration, but yeah. anniversary is just like a yearly uh, annual recognition recognition marker time marker. You know, um, fifth fifth year since since the Douglas shooting, mm-hmm. right? I decided to just do some research and see what's happened, see what's changed. I did the math. There were 84, 84 mass shootings in America from January first. February 14th 2023 2023 that's wow. about 64 days wow that's more than right? every day yeah so that's about one and a half mass shootings every day and when you think about something just hear this crazy this is how my brain works right there's a hundred percent chance that like the sun's gonna come up tomorrow right yeah because that's what the day is like the sun comes up and it sets and there's a hundred percent chance it's gonna happen mm-hmm. until it blows up Mm-hmm. A couple million years from now, right? Yeah. There's a higher chance of a school shooting happening today than the sun coming up. Wow. Because 1.5 is 150%. Wow. That's where we're at in America. Yeah. And that's just, it's only, that was only a month and a half of the year. That's only a month and a half in. And we're already at. And, and then we're, there's probably more now. There's. I have it right, exactly. I can do the math again. Probably it's probably somewhere, higher. It's probably probably higher. somewhere around 100 now. It was, and it's only been two more weeks. Even if yeah, even if it went lower, but the reality is, I think it happened. I think it once happened every day. Yep. I think what has happened every even yeah, there's and only it's, two people. And it's crazy because we do have a few like in our minds that are. 
I hate the word iconic, but ones that were more talked about. Yeah. So like we have Uvalde and yeah. Douglas, Columbine, Sandy Hook. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show how many are overlooked every day. Because if we're having one every day and we only talk about ten of there them, there has to be some. There has to be some that are just we're not hearing exactly. about. Exactly. Um, which is it's just it's awful. insane. It's awful. Recently, the Michigan State shooting happened. And my old friend from high school, I was on the dance team with her. We were pretty good friends. I heard that it happened and I was like, oh my gosh, my friend goes to Michigan State. I need to like call her. So I like texted her and I, I saw that she'd like uploaded on her Snapchat story. And I was, so I was watching and it was just like videos of her sitting in her dark dorm in lockdown because like everything was locked down. Couldn't leave, couldn't go do anything. Everything had to be quiet. And it was just insane. It's just scary, man. It's just... And she's just, like, sitting there, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. And then this happens, and she has to be in lockdown for several hours. And this is someone I know and, like, was very close to at some point. Almost like the seven connections theory, which is, like, really weird to bring up. You're I'm not familiar with the seven connections. Seven connections theory is that, like, you're connected to every single person in the world by less than seven connections. Okay, I have heard that. So, so there's that, but it's, like, I would bet you that you're yeah, connected. Yeah, if you haven't known, if you weren't in one yourself... Uh, you, you know, know someone. If you don't know somebody, you know somebody who's no, who knows somebody. Exactly. Exactly. You cannot... It's like COVID. Yep. If you haven't had COVID, you know someone that had COVID. Or you know someone that knows someone that had COVID. Like, And then eventually, you know, that, that spread very quickly, as pandemic does. But, it's a disease. But, and that, yep. The, the presence of guns and well, school shootings. So I think, I personally think it's all disease. connected. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm not even going to, I'm not, let's forget about COVID. I didn't mean to bring that up. But when you think of just as, I would say as a culture, like American culture, Mm -hmm. how it's like shifted throughout the decades, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, you have like Michael Jackson in the 80s and you have like Tupac in the 90s, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have like, you know, once you get like the 2000s, once you get to like us when we were born, like our generation, you know what I mean? I think that I just think about this when I look at my friends. I think that's when I look at my, I have little cousins, my little sister's five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Right, and then I have a sister who's ten years younger than me, mm-hmm. and then one who's seventeen. And I have cousins aging all throughout those different ranges. And I also have cousins a little bit older than me by five years, mm-hmm. older than me by ten years. So mm-hmm. I pretty much am able to see how different. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I connect to yeah. all of them. Yeah, so absolutely. Able, you know, you have like examples of all walks of life. But when I do that, I'm able to see just how different people just grew up like this people with the same parents grew up completely differently just because you are only five years different mm-hmm. you know what i mean there's like my little sister knew how to open an ipad when she was two years old which is insane you know what i mean i don't even know what an ipad was do you know because they weren't yeah. around when we were yeah. two years old it's insane that's just how it is yep. you know so then you have these kids who grow up maybe like i said my sister is 10 years younger she's you know she's 11 she had a threat at her school when she was like six I doubt she even remembers that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we remember that. Imagine having to explain to, like, a class of, like, kindergartners, I think first we, graders. I think my mom cried to me that day because I was, if she was six, I was 16. You know yeah. what I mean? And she was like, how do I tell knowledge? Should I tell knowledge? Yeah, how do like, you explain what has happened? I was like, I don't even know if you need to because, honestly, and I was 16 at the time, right? I was like, mom, the way this is looking, it's not going to stop. So yeah. I'm about to leave high school. She's about to, she's six, so she's, like, now starting school. Not to say, like, this, but she kind of just got to have to get used to it. Yeah. She'll find out eventually. You don't have to tell her. I literally told her, I'm like, you don't have to cry because you don't have to tell her anything. You don't have to explain. She'll figure it out. You don't have to explain quickly. how bad the world is to Nala because she will, yeah, it's going to get shown to her whether 
you like it or not. Yeah, which is just so awful to think about. I, I think that's when people would talk about teachers. Yeah. Getting armed. You heard, I remember some craziness talking about the kindergartners program. I forget who said it, what, what politician said it. But they brought some, some nonsense about like some kin, the kindergartners program where they were talking about kids having like hallway monitors being armed. Well, and then <laughs> recently this six-year-old brought the gun into school. And I was like, oh my God, six years old. I don't even know, can't even tie his own shoes yet. Can't, can hardly spell his own name. And he's bringing in a gun to Still school. mixes up his B's and his D's. Literally, like, how, how is that even fathomable? And it goes back to, to the parents. Personally, I have family that hunts and that exercises the use of firearms in a very safe mm -hmm. way. So I've always been taught, like, respect the gun. That is a fact. Whenever, you, me too, like, when you know about what a gun can do, you respect it. Absolutely. And you don't ever... Treated to some minute thing to where like a six-year-old could read. I have kids in my house Like I just told you my dad has three guns in the house mm -hmm. I didn't even know where they were until I moved out because it's it's not it's not information it's not, You don't need to know. Yep, and if it's in a place where Where they can they can see it and know about it then they should know how This is how we clean it and we do I it safely. How, this is how we shoot it and we do it safely I didn't know where they were until he told me when I came back after college and when he told me where they were Guess what we did that break. Hmm. We went to the gun range and he shot me He taught me how to shoot it. Yep. Taught me how to use it and he pretty much told me what the code was and he this he already knows I'm his son. He already knows I'm not gonna give this to anybody blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. But he made sure to tell me and as he's telling me I'm like I got you. He's like no 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 I literally have to I literally have to say it to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Because that's like what they taught me when I got the gun. Mm -hmm. There were absolutely firearms present in our households, but we were always taught to exercise them properly and, and respect them because they're very, very dangerous weapons. Life and death. He's like, you but, only take this out if I'm not home and you are here and somebody is breaking into the house and I'm not here. But if I'm here, yeah, I, I got it. Absolutely. Don't worry about it. And then, and then you have like the people that don't, don't know how to respect them and then it rubs off onto their children and then all of a sudden your six-year-old son is is bringing in the gun to school mm -hmm. and user using it like that's or insane. they find it in the house and because yeah because and they shoot somebody they shoot a mom they shoot their dad they I shoot themselves i saw a video of this this that kid all time. this kid that got like um the rain camera like caught him in the hallway with like his dad's um, pistol I think and then a neighbor reported it and then the ring camera shows like the cops coming in and he's literally just like they're like do you have a firearm in this household do you have a gun in this household and he's like no he's like denying it and then they're like we literally have video footage of your son with a gun coming out of your apartment the kid was in a diaper that is on you to make sure that you have a one you have a safe yeah we have a safe. two the safe is always locked yep three the gun is not loaded. You know what I mean? Like there's like a basic, it's a basic checklist. It's yeah. not like a hard checklist. Even if you can't afford a safe, why is the gun loaded? And people, people don't know this whenever you know? they're getting guns and they're letting people that don't just have buy knowledge guns. just buy them. The, Nick Cruz, the, the kid who shot up Douglas, right? He was a mm -hmm. disgruntled kid who got expelled whatever amount of years later. He was 19, five years ago. So what, he's 24 now, whatever. Mm -hmm. He was 19. Walked into a gun store in Florida and bought a gun. Mind you, this kid had been expelled from high school and was in juvenile detention centers in X, Y, and Z. But I know it's very easy to get a gun, mm -hmm. so to speak. There's a store right past Hofstra, right next to the Chipotle. There's one right there. 
Like that's that's the easy simple way. Yep. That's the easiest way. But there's 3D printing, man. There's 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 all kinds of stuff yeah. people do to get guns. I don't feed too much into that either, because that's when people say, "Oh, uh, take away our guns, then the bad guys still get guns, and, and we don't have guns." But then I always ask them, like, "Well, then what are the police for?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Are, isn't the are police... they supposed to protect and serve? Right. <laughs> so that I just I just always bring those two things up. Yeah. Just to. It's important. Well, because it always catches them. Get the neurons firing at least, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's too easy to get a gun. Um, my my mom actually has been again against guns for, for years, forever as long as I know. Wouldn't even let me have a Nerf gun. I had a Nerf gun for Christmas from some aunt. She's like, no, not in my house. Oh my god! Right? She eventually, I think, let me play Call of Duty when I was like old enough to buy it myself. But I never in my life would have ever thought she would have a gun in her house. She and my stepdad bought a gun, about two years ago. And I know this because they told me, and the same thing that my dad pretty much did, they did. My mom's been living in Florida for much longer than my dad. But my dad, he kind of knows, like, he, he lives in a different part of Florida mm-hmm. than where I live with my mom. Mm-hmm. He lives in a more conservative area. He lives in a more affluent area, mm-hmm. right? So there's more wealthy people who have a need to protect their things and have that mindset of, I need a gun to protect my things. Definitely, you know? yeah. So my dad got followed home one night. This is like 10 oh years ago. And he, some some road rage, nothing happened. But because of that scenario, he was like, what if that guy had a gun? Because we are in Florida and we are in this part. If he had a gun and I'm here with no gun. Then that's it. And he had my little sister in the car and he had my little cousin in the car. Yeah. Right? And that's it. So he, that's why he's had it for like 10 years. He has a rifle in the house and he has his pistol and he has a license to carry. We were going to Georgia. I take that back. We were going to Tennessee, but we're driving through Georgia. And my dad, we're in a Tesla. We have low charge, probably like two, three percent. Mm-hmm. In, in the car right mm-hmm. and we still have a couple of miles to go until we get to the charging station we made it to the charging station right mm-hmm. but we are in the middle of the smoky mountains oh my goodness it is i'm african-american by the way I'm, i didn't say that before the <laughs> podcast started it is me is my dad a training man training daddy man mm-hmm. my ethiopian stepmother who was a hijabi mm-hmm. my at the time two-year-old little sister and we also had a nanny for my little sister who was from Ethiopia who only spoke Aramaic and Arabic. Mm-hmm. So that's just needless, needless to say that only one other person who was with us could communicate with her. And it wasn't me, and it wasn't my dad, and it wasn't the baby. Mm-hmm. Right? So my stepmom and her are the only ones who could communicate with each other. And mm-hmm. obviously my stepmom speaks English and stuff, mm-hmm. right? But you pretty much have five black, brown people in the car, mm-hmm. in a nice Tesla, in a nice expensive car, in the middle of the Smoky Mountains at like 2, 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And we're about to run out of power, out of gas. Yeah. We're going to be stuck there. Yep. No cell service. We're in the mountains. No cell service. That's the scariest thing. Nothing but trucks about. coming by us. Yep. Right? And then, so it's like, then what do you do? I had to ask my dad, real quietly, because I don't want to freak anybody out. Dad, you got your gun. Dad, it's, mm-hmm. in the, it's right here, because I'm sitting in the passenger. He's, he's like, yeah. So you just, it's right, it's right, just know it's there. Mm-hmm. You don't got to keep your hand over yeah. there. We're, we're chilling, you know. He, he... And it's just so, like, <laughs> it's like the fact that you even have to ask that. You're just, like, on, you're just, like, with your family, like, about to charge your Christmas car. vacation. Yep. Two on, Christ- Christmas. on vacation, like, and the fact that you even have to worry about that is, is just awful. Which brings up, like, just the normalization of it and how casually it gets so you brought, brought up you brought up the the michigan state shooting i'm embarrassed to say because i was i would have hated the person i i behaved as when i heard that 
five years ago when I heard about the Michigan State, State shooting, I was in my house, roommates watching TV, mm-hmm. playing video games. I don't even remember because I'm doing homework. Mm-hmm. And my roommate was like, yo, there was a shooting at Michigan State. And I stopped what I was doing for a second and I had like a moment of somberness, silence. Probably thought about it for a second, shook my head, and I kept it pushing. I kept doing my mm-hmm. homework. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, I probably would have like been depressed for like a few days. Absolutely. I don't know anybody that goes to Michigan State, mm-hmm. but just the fact but that it happened, happened again. Sat with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now it's at this point in time is for my own mental health. You, you couldn't dwell I mean? on it too much. And that just shows how normal we have allowed it. Yeah, the gone. fact that we can even allow ourselves to just think about it for a minute and then brush it off almost and continue on with our day. It just speaks to how, how often it's happening as well. I think it also speaks to how often it's gonna it's not going to stop. Yeah, unless we do something about it, you know? I, I watched a movie recently. I think it's called The Fallout. It's on HBO Max. Okay. It's really good. It has Jenna Ortega as like, the lead. She's the lead, and it's it's about a school shooting. It's about like just like this California high schooler. Um, but it shows, really, because it starts with like her little sister and her relationship with her little sister. Um, and then it shows, like, another girl and how, like, this event, like, this school shooting that happens to them, because they are together in the same bathroom when it happens, how it kind of brings them together. They become, like, best friends over this. And it's, like, the fact that this had to happen for them to be best friends is, like, awful. Like, it's it's a really... You know, I also think the fact that they could make a movie out of that just shows how normal it really is. Because right? that's, that's a movie that probably connects with a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. At this point, at this point in time. Absolutely. There's people that have been in more than one. A really, it was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then the best friend of Jenna, um, he starts to do like more protest stuff about gun violence in schools and stuff. But evidently, you don't see in the movie anything happening, which is obviously just social commentary. It's it's real life. It's like we have these people that like it sits with them so deeply and, and it affects them so deeply, and they are like, okay, well, it's time for me to go and try and enact change. So I'm gonna call my politicians and my and my government representatives i'm going to call whoever i can i'm going to organize and do protests and rallies and still nothing has happened nothing is happening to fix it it's a good movie i i do like recommend it it is like kind of heavy though for the viewers like it's definitely like a lot it's also like it should be a lot it should be real it should be realistic because if it hasn't really affected people to know that like this is really happening yet then watching it will really make you realize like that this is happening every day i was telling you earlier i have this friend it was this was in middle school this was in eighth grade and we were like 13 and it was my my friend i don't remember where exactly she was from but i know she's middle eastern and she wore hijab and she's like the smartest girl in our grade she was so sweet and nice and smart and like wouldn't even hurt a fly her personality it doesn't matter for the premise of what's wrong like she could be like the worst person in the world but they were always making like gun jokes and terrorist jokes and bomb jokes about her so she could be like the worst person mean and whatever but the fact that they're making this assumption on her just just based based on on what she's wearing and her cultural and religious like attire like this is something that she wears because this is who she is as a person. This is her history. This is her it's, family. It's like, so backwards, too, because, I mean, you know, it's actually funny. Just this is a movie called Lawrence of Arabia. Mm-hmm. I'm, I recommend you check that. It's on HBO, too. It's a long movie, but you should check it out. I would say in America, particularly, we, I, I don't want to say we, but Americans wouldn't even have that stereotype towards mis- Middle Easterners 
until until not eleven. Like mm-hmm. that's when that happened. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's interesting. But prior to that, it's like that, you know, and, and the fact that we would just forget that like, yo, like algebra comes from the Middle East. You know what I mean? Yep. Like just so many things that we use all the time. Like how many people do you know that have been to a hookah bar and loved it and right? just always always bragging, you know? And it's like we don't even or people that go to Dubai, like, post up. And, blah, and like, now, with, like, it's always about, like, a trend. It's always about, like, who's on top and who's on bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's always just very upsetting because it's always the people who don't deserve to get discriminated against. But it's always, like, the night, like you just said, like, the nice, sweet people that mm-hmm. always see the brunt, the, mm-hmm. the brutal end and of the they're And they're not doing anything but being themselves. They're just being themselves. They're just, just because they're of a different race or ethnicity or religion. And it's not even just that, but it's because them. of some something happened something in the world. Something happened, yeah. One, that one people want to put an enemy towards and want to put a face towards an enemy. And one then, person had a bad idea, did a bad thing, or had, had an idea to get other people to do this bad thing with everybody them. That and now we're, yeah, and it's subjecting everybody that looks like them, um, believes to, what they believe, yeah, or, you know, is from the same place as them. We're subjecting them to this stereotype. And I can't even imagine how many, you know, young women of color or young men of color go through the same thing every single day and we're just supposed to pretend like this is okay. I told my brother, like, that I was going to school in New York and he was like, why? And I was like, oh, well, I just, like, really want to be in a more, like, diverse area. And he was just like, well, it's going to get more dangerous, like, the more diverse it is. And I was like, why do you say that? Depends. Dangerous objective, I think. Yeah, absolutely, but I I think he he means like in terms of like crime and violence and stuff. No, no, I know exactly. Like, I know exactly what he but means. But I'm like, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but like that's just such an awful thing. It's to an awful say. thing to say. Like, how do you, can you make that assumption based on? Because I also think it's based off of ignorance. Absolutely. Ignorance, because I mean, let's be honest. I personally, I live with two people right now, who I'm very close with, right? Mm-hmm. But they're from New Hampshire. They're from, I don't know where in New Hampshire, but they're from a part of New Hampshire where they went to a high school with only two black girls. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right? Guys talk about different things. We were just talking about girls we've dated, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. I asked my two white roommates, you guys ever dated a black girl? And they're like, nah, but like, granted, there's only two of them at our high school. Mm-hmm. And when, you, when I stop and think about that, I'm like... Well, unless you happen to be attracted to them particularly, your pool you, is one or two or zero. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. versus I went to school with like 500 black girls. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I'd be kind of racist not to have dated one if I dated you know, 20 girls in high school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, out of, you know what I'm saying? You don't find one attractive out of 200. You're kind of this. <laughs> I'm yeah, looking at you funny. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But yeah, when you literally grow up in a place where you don't see people who don't look like you and who don't believe who what you believe and you don't see it in church every Sunday Absolutely. you know what I mean it's kind of very easy to be like and you see something bad all you also see something bad happen because of somebody that looked different than you it's mm-hmm. very easy to be like they're the bad guys Absolutely. we're the good guys well I think my brother used to be a lot more ignorant before he went to basic training for army reserves because when he was there he had a lot of people in his platoon from mexico and puerto rico mm-hmm. and i honestly think it opened his eyes to a lot of the problems that they face every that's what it always day. takes too like once you yeah. can, once you just get to be once around you see people, people 
once you meet people from places that are experiencing yeah, issues, just people. you're like, wow, this is actually happening. Like, this is somebody <laughs> I know in front of me. It's not just a new a story, a person in a book or a person in a new story. Like, this is, like, someone that I know. And then at um, that point, you gain some kind of empathy, and it's harder to mm-hmm. kind of be like, oh, you're all bad. Like, no, nobody's all bad. Yeah. Nobody's all bad. Nobody's all good either. But like, that's not, yeah. So having this narrative of bad versus good, you know. Yeah, yeah. And evil versus and and someone's appearance or or whatever. Being the judge of that. Being the judge of that. Absolutely, it's like it's it's, ludicrous. It goes all the way back to to slavery. Everything is is rooting in is rooting in that, and it's just like crazy to see how like we're supposed to be advancing forward. But it feels so much like we're going, we're going backwards, backwards mm-hmm. in so many regards. Um, I feel like in a weird way, because I look at a lot of other things that are also happening too, you know, mm-hmm. on both sides, you know what I mean? And because it's happening on both sides in such these weird directions, it kind of feels like we're almost going like sideways. Mm-hmm. And because I'm plateauing, a, you're, you plateau. Exactly. Once yeah. you plateau, you hit a critical point. It's no fun for nobody. It's because we're advancing things like guns and we're making them more accessible or more efficient we're giving robots we're making robots that can shoot we're not like looking at like social constructs and issues that we're having so the more advanced that these dangerous practices get and the more we are not doing about the preconceived notions that we have about certain people the the worse the worse it's coming i know i know people that that look just like me Mm -hmm. who have they didn't grow up here, so they didn't experience the same just blatantly racism that I experienced, mm-hmm. you know, at certain points in my life. And they come here and they experience it, and I witnessed them experiencing it, and they look confused. They're like, this is real? And I'm telling them what it is, and I'm like, yeah, you just expel that's what that is. And they're like, no, there's no way that just happened to me. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, it just happened to you. Like, not kind of get, get over it. But, like, just believe it. Yeah. Like, stop being in denial that this stuff happens. Yeah, like, like this happens. literally just happened to you. It happens like, every day to to a bunch of people. Yeah. You just happen to be, yeah. Believe and, it, and, and now when and, you hear me protesting against it. In yeah, and feel way, those emotions. Have like, some empathy and have some like, compassion. Yeah, yeah, oh my god. It's like, it goes a long way. <laughs> it's like, there's so many people that are so confused as to why I'm as, like, feminist as I am. And I'm like, because, like, I don't know, have you ever walked down the street and, like, to go to your local coffee shop and been hollered at by a group of, like, 50-year-old men? No, you haven't. It sucks, because you don't know what any of them are going to do. You don't know what any of them are. They're going to get up and come up to you if they're going to try and abduct you. Like, I'm just, like, a small 4'11 woman, and I'm just going to get my coffee. And so people don't understand that experience. And then, especially when I came here, it only got worse. I'm in... Um, a more a more um, dangerous area no, than I was yeah. before. I was in like a like relatively um, small quiet. farm town, very quiet. Like not a lot goes on there. So just like even a being here, job. I'm like yeah. I've experienced so many more like acts of of misogyny and sexism every single day. Um, that to a point, it's just like I don't even yeah literally how can i not and so like i was at the protests over the summer for roe v wade um i went to the like supreme court building and like i had this friend that was like why did you drive all that way to because go there and i was the like because like i'm filled with rage right now you like want to do something about it yep it's just like 
there's so much like I think there's just so much rage and in our generation because we're so angry about these like problems that have just been like set on us by by previous generations and we just are like trying to do something about it but we we feel so silenced in a lot of ways no doubt yeah and and gun violence is is one of those that's no doubt you said it perfectly like we can shout as loud as we want to but like nobody will listen they can't hear us on their pedestal in in the supreme court building they can't hear us and i have to keep like having these things happening to me i'm almost like becoming desensitized to things that i shouldn't be desensitized to people are dying every day and the fact that i can sit down be doing my homework learn about it hear about it and then just be like wow and and be okay and then write a paper about it and then yeah i feel like okay call the day it's like no the day's not really done i didn't really do anything you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's still happening it's still Mm -hmm. going on Mm -hmm. and you know me learning that it happened and batting an eyelash well so getting a call hey there was just a shooting at michigan state oh wow that's crazy but someone else gets that call that knows someone at michigan state like that's 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 they're they're devastated they're they're devastated for for days weeks months years because that's someone's child that's someone's brother that's someone's student that's someone's you know and just because we don't know them just because we don't know these students personally doesn't like it means that we don't bat an eyelash it could be that could have been Hofstra man yeah like I just said I was thinking about it in class but here's the only thing that goes into it right I we, we walk into campus every day I'm not a crazy sociopath, blah, blah, all these other bad words I call these people when I hear about these things, right? Mm-hmm. But I, like, that same day, I think, I, like, left the building, left the campus, got some food, came back, and I think I was, like, running, like, five minutes late to class, mm-hmm. right? And I just kind of walked up into the building and sat in the class. But I was just, like, the same time, that same day, the class early, I was thinking, dang, it'd be real easy for somebody to walk in here with a gun. Mm-hmm. As I'm going to my second class, I'm like, damn, it would have been real easy for me to, like, gone home, got a gun, came back. It's so easy Thank for God both, I'm not a sociopath, but, like, parties, you, yeah. you don't know who's... You gotta, yeah, I, you don't know. I have to be nice to everybody in my classes. You know what I mean? Because you don't know who you were sitting and next there's, to. And there's, yeah, there's, and, like, there's people that, like, aren't even legal, like, they were not, like, clinically insane or not clinically psychotic. They just did this for X, Y, and Z reasons. It's easy to get misdiagnosed. Yep. Absolutely. And, and yeah, there's... There's people that should definitely be on some kind of help that aren't. And that also leads into neglect. Yeah, why, why are these... Why, why are, are they there, not getting their help? And why are there high schoolers that are going in and shooting up their own schools? Like, why do they feel like this is the thing to do? Let me ask you something. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you, think, do you think if schools are segregated, there would be less school shootings? No. Why well, I think, I think the fact that it's happening in so many different places... In this country, it's happening in the South, it's happening in the Northeast, it's happening in the Midwest, it's happening everywhere. So I don't necessarily know if that's like a factor in this. If it's happening in all these different schools and all these different places where gun laws are supposedly better or worse, if it can happen anywhere, then I don't know if, if you know, segregating um, anything would not that I was just that. that was an option or anything. I was just asking a crazy question. Absolutely, no, no. Of... It's 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 a it's a good question because just, obviously race and and you know social constructs. I, I just have brought a that factor. up to bring up. Yeah, they have you. a factor. Yeah. I was I was really bringing up to get that to get that point across that they have a huge factor. I mean, that kid Nicholas Cruz, my cousin went to that school, right? So this kid was expelled 
two years before. So my cousin didn't know him, but he knew of him. Yeah. Right? He was expelled because of he was making misogynistic, xenophobic, highly racial remarks mm-hmm. towards students, towards teachers. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I was reading up on all the news updates days after that was happening. Yeah. Me and my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin stayed at my house because he had to get out of his house. He couldn't be home. You know, he was, this whole family was going through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like he for didn't, sure. You know, so he came to stay by me. But I was a mess when he's at my house having fun, kind of getting over it. They realizing the thing is, like, students heard this kid saying, like, the N-word. There's an S-word that's derogatory for Hispanic people. B-word. He was saying all kinds of yeah, stuff, all, right? Yeah, all of them. Yep. Um, but here, here's a statistic that I wanted to pull up. That... Pretty much, out of all these school shootings that have been happening, this is as of February 20, between 1892, right? The number of mass shootings in the United States between 1892 and February 2023, 73 have been white, 25 have been black, 11 have been Latino, Mm -hmm. 10 Asian, 5 other, not sure what the hell that Mm -hmm. means, 3 Native American, 13 unknown or unclear. And by gender, 135 male, three female, and then male and female, there's two. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, we have a abundance in the statistics of whiteness and of masculinity. And it, so it does beg the question, is it a white supremacist mindset? A lot of these, the complexes, the mental complexes of these shooters, is it a place of, like, thinking that they're they're um dominant or that they're superior purely because of their gender or because of their um, race is it a factor i think definitely in a lot of them because some of them it's just like they're they just are like whatever and then they bring the gun and they shoot people because of x y and z reason and there's not like a racial intent but based on the fact that like the nicholas cruz guy you were talking about based on the fact that he's like he made these remarks with kkk chapters in florida mm-hmm. and tallahassee so it's like undeniable that this man has a racist xenophobic misogynistic history especially knowing that he was expelled for it so so we cannot negate the fact that there was his agenda was to go into that, that there was that there was an agenda and there kill as many black brown people and women as possible mm-hmm. that was this guy's agenda mm-hmm. jewish people that was, that was this guy that was his agenda you know yep. Asian, that was that was that that was like his agenda mm-hmm. he wanted to get rid of yeah and I think people, especially the politicians who don't want to, don't want to tackle this at all, are the ones who know that, the ones yeah. who can see it at least, yeah, and who themselves have an agenda mm-hmm. as white men in power, mm-hmm. who pretty much want to be like, there's nothing wrong with white men being in power, yeah. So every yeah. problem they just want to, it's not that big of a deal. It's not yeah. that it's not as big as your all the rape allegations, all these, you know what I mean? They they're trying to push all that stuff that Under is rug, yeah. seeming to be a pattern. I'm not saying it's a pattern. I'm not saying that all white people. I know a lot of white men that don't do any of these things. That yep. don't think any of these ways. And in that sense, you know, you also have, you know, there's also a disproportion because it's like you have a lot of people. Let's not do the same crimes that people did to us. Just because people are racist to me doesn't mean I should be racist to them. Let's not just make the stereotype of, oh, white kid school shooter. You know, white boy school shooter. I hear that. I actually hear that joke all the time. It's just weird. It's like an oxymoron to me because it's like, that isn't a joke. That whole topic isn't a joke. Yeah, it's not. But it's become so normal. Yep. 
that people have decided they got to make it a joke. Yeah. And who's the end of that joke? The white boy who's more than likely going to shoot up the school because he has a bunch of kids making fun of him. So, it, yeah, it just it's a never-ending, it's a machine that just keeps eating. It's like Galactus, you know, you know comic books? It's just, he keeps eating and eating, yeah. and eating and the more he eats, the hungrier he gets. Yep. Yeah, I can't even wrap my head around the stereotypes that go into this and, like, the fact that we are supposed to be moving forward, but we're letting these these constructs of the past hold us back in so many ways. And and then the normalization thing, people making jokes about it, like it's something to joke about. It's never something to joke about because you don't know who's hearing the joke. You don't know who's... You don't know if, like, that person that, like, you're, you're you know, you're sitting in study hall and you make a joke about um, shooting, the kid that's sitting behind you... Reading oh, that's a, a book. good idea. Yeah, a kid sitting... Or, yeah, that's the thing. You have two ends of the stick. You have, like, oh, that's a good idea. That would, like, if I want attention or if I want blah, blah, blah to come from this, whatever my agenda is. Oh, and then you have the other kid whose sister, um, who's, like, four years older, was killed in a, in a mass shooting. It's, like, you don't know who's around to hear those jokes. They're not jokes. That's That's someone's hearing that someone gets the idea and someone hears that and that's, like brings them back to the day that their sister died yeah and it's just something not to be taken lightly but with how much it's happening we're all so desensitized to it it's why i stopped listening to true crime because i really used to like true crime and stuff but i was listening i was like getting ready in the morning doing my makeup and listening to about like 12 year old girls like getting kidnapped and murdered and i'm like i can't do it's this too realistic i shouldn't be okay listening to this i shouldn't be able to go about my day like while like doing my homework while listening to this it's like, not it's a feel, not okay. it's not feel good this isn't yeah these kind of things like <laughs> the the show like Dahmer, and they didn't even give any proceeds or recognition to any of the families that were like victims of him it's like i can't hold you i probably watched i watched the first episode i know i watched that but i probably watched like the first like 10 minutes of the second one and i'm like i can't watch this anymore i yeah i watched until it. i know you know what i mean until i know that this is like benefiting to some degree especially yeah. when i saw the traction on social media like all the trends and stuff all the the memes and stuff you know what i mean yeah i'm like are people actually like do people know who jeffrey Dahmer is i know they're watching this people are just taking it so lightly like like there was so many tiktok sounds that were made from the show and it's like, I know that this isn't Jeffrey Dahmer, this is Evan Peters, he's playing a character, but, like, we shouldn't be, like, making a trend that, out of this. That fucked him up, too, I read. Absolutely. I read that playing that role fucked him yeah. up. Yeah, it's, and it's, so it's like, why are we Do so... Do people even know that? It's like, if you know that, then it's like, and why people, are people you... people were talking about, like... Kind of celebrating this role, like... People are like, I listen to true crime all the time, like, I don't know how you guys can't handle this, like, or I can't handle watching this, like, I got through it fine, like, it was an easy watch for me, and he's, like, cutting up Well, because bodies. this should happen to somebody I know, and it's way too... Uh, like PTSD. yeah it's and it's so it's the same thing i'm scared it's happening about, to me so i don't really want to be reminded of this i'm already thinking about it whenever it's the same thing when we're talking about violence of firearms in, in america like people are like i'm gonna kill myself or like i'm gonna like just making that's jokes like, it's about like not funny that's it's like whole... that's not funny like this is real and this is real life to somebody to to most people this is real life to most people and we're just like letting it be so Trivial. swept under the rug um, and, and just like, just like talking about it, like Nonchalantly, it's funny, yeah. not like it's funny and it's not funny at yeah. all. Today, uh, I want to try to be upbeat about this in like an optimistic way. Like I want to leave this with like a, but there's a hope, you know? Well, there is a hope because of like how, um, 
passionate our generation has been in the last few years about social movements. I remember like June 2020, whenever there was the whole Black Lives Matter uprising and how responsive um, a lot of people in Gen Z were to that. Like it was insane. It was my entire Instagram feed. It's my entire Twitter feed, which was awesome. Um, And so I'm hoping that like the older we get and the more of us that are allowed to vote and vote that's what i think about that's why i would have to think about because there's no i don't really see a short term Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah yeah i don't see a short-term solution to this thing at all Mm -hmm. i see a lot of people unfortunately pretty much having to die either because of this problem but also a lot of people having to die who are in power in charge have these corrupted mindsets who pretty much are just from a different generation who kind of just got to go. Yep. Because they can't ex- they can't coexist with our generation. Yeah, it's just their their mindset is too backwards to even coexist we're with us. We're not coexisting right now. We yeah. can pretend that we are, but we're really not. Yeah, we're not. I know so many people that don't talk to their own grandparents. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is insane. Just because of how, like, corrupt and backwards they are. Yeah, it just goes to show that, like, everything is learned and taught. Nobody is born racist nobody is born homophobic or nobody's born a school shooter it happens because of what you learn whenever you're a young impressionable child and when you go to school the people you meet in the different walks of life it's like nobody is born like this and i think we're realizing now like how how backwards our previous generations are like our parents and our grandparents and how much we have to do to fix that how much work we have to do. There's so much work to do. There is so The fact that we took the time to put in this amount of work to talk, because it all starts from talking about it. Yeah, having these conversations it, is the most important part. It, you know, so, yeah, more people can take the time to do the work. And and just listening to each other. Like, Basic hearing empathy. hearing people's perspectives is so incredibly important. I live in a place where there's a lot of ignorant people and that it's hard to want to associate with them and be friends with them and work alongside them but just listening to what they have to say and then listening to me has done numbers and like it's it's, the dialogue is incredibly is incredibly important so there's hope there's hope there's there's so much hope for our generation especially because we are seeing like better people being elected in local government i know i live in pennsylvania and we just got josh shapiro who is very openly pro-choice and accepting and and very supportive of lgbtq especially lgbtq youth so we have people that are getting elected that that want to enact change on a local level i think it honestly just also comes down to federally making sure we're we're voting and also that we're calling our representatives and um if there's an issue like emailing them sending them letters and going to demonstrations and listening just talking with your friends and your parents about about things that you are you're finding wrong and uh, yeah just having the conversations and doing the hard work is honestly how we're going to make the most long-term change but for now it's all we can do it's all we can do do what you can yep I think that's good. Yeah. So thanks for thanks. having me on. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking. Thanks for listening. It was an interesting conversation. I'm I'm Emma. Z. And this was spilling the tea with CCE. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested in continuing the conversation or learning more about Hofstra Center for Civic Engagement, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hofstra CCE. Or visit our website at hofstra.edu backslash cce. 
The beautiful music you've heard in this episode was written and composed by Ethan Tauber. The song even features the chords C, C, and E. We hope you join us again to discuss combating more of our world's most pressing challenges. And thank you for helping us spill the tea.